0: Well, happy Mother's Day. Thank you for spending it with us. We've already honored our mothers. If you did miss the gift on the way in, on the way out, be sure that you get one. I know I think our volunteers were holding back just to make sure that we had enough. Uh, so, you guys make sure you go and get yours on the way out as well. We just want you to know that we appreciate you and we love you and we honor mothers today and we pray for those who, for whom this is a hard day and we're just so thankful. For God's grace in our life wherever we are and wherever he's brought us from. And whatever mountains we faced in our life. And motherhood could have been a mountain for you. And uh, we just thank God for his grace and mercy. We believe that whatever it is that you're dealing with and whatever that I'm dealing with, that God is greater. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? Yes. Amen. We believe that. That's a promise of the scripture. Well, I'm, I've been out of the, off the stage for a while. I'm so thankful for our team we have such a great team of pastors, uh, teachers, leaders that communicate the truth, and it's so wonderful that this, uh, of course, this is it's dependent upon one person. His name is Jesus Christ. But our team is spread out. We've got great gifted communicators, and I thank God for just recently Pastor Brian's series and, and Pastor Gabe's one-off message last week. They did a fantastic job, and I'm just privileged to be one part ...of this team that God's put together here at Celebration. So I'm glad to be with you. Uh, Happy Mother's Day to my wife. She is in South Carolina with our third child... ...who's giving birth to her third child. So that's kind of special. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, We we went down this weekend because it looked like it was imminent... ...and then it didn't happen yet. But they've scheduled an induction for Wednesday morning... ...if she hasn't had the baby by then... But anyway, uh, honey, uh, happy Mother's Day to you. I miss you, and love you, and appreciate you. And my mom, I've wished her happy Mother's Day. Uh, God's so good. God's so good. We're starting a series today called "Adulting," and this series, just up front, I want you to know. You might think when we talk about it, when we, some of you've never even heard the term. How many of you've never heard the word "adulting"? Raise your hand. Well, I just said it two or three times. How'd you? I'm just kidding. Okay, so it's kind of a new term. It's talking about growing up and accepting responsibilities. Uh, and, and it's not aimed at any particular age groups. You might be thinking we're targeting millennials. Well, we hope that millennials will listen. But there's not a person in this room there's not a person listening online. There's not a person in the world who doesn't need to adult better in some area of their life. And so we're going to look over the next six weeks at some principles from God's word about adulting and how we can do it better and I, I just want to get to the end of my life. And I, when I stand before God, he's, he's going to let me into heaven not based upon anything that I've done or tried to do. It's all by, based upon his grace. But when I stand before him by his grace, I want him to look at me and look at how I've lived my life. And I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful. Don't you want to hear that? I want to be a fully developed follower of Christ. So that's really what this series on adulting is about. I want to give you a couple of definitions of adulting in case you haven't heard the term before. So we're going to put those on the screen for you now. Uh, the, the Oxford Living Dictionary says it this way, the practice of behaving in a way characteristic of a respectable adult. Not all adults behave respect for, respectably, correct? Uh, okay, so especially the accomplishment of mundane but necessary tasks. Now, that's one thing you got to know. For those of you that are younger and uh, you, when you're growing up, you, you come to realize that a lot of life, a lot of the reality of life is about the mundane. Stuff that you have to do day in, day out. Stuff that's not fun. Stuff that you really, you'd really rather be doing many, many other things than what you have to do. But adulting is about taking the task, even the mundane task of life, Taking them joyfully, taking them before the, uh, the glory of God and saying, God, I'm going to do these mundane tasks for your glory. Let's look at the Urban Dictionary definition. If, you, if you're not familiar with the Urban Dictionary, young people use this today. There are some things on the Urban Dictionary you might not love to read. But here's a definition of adulting from that one. Being a responsible adult. And it's used by immature 20-somethings who are proud of themselves for paying a bill. <laughs> All right. So you can relate to that. Those of you who are just growing up, and I know some of you have just graduated college. Congratulations to you. We're going to be honoring our graduates uh, from high school and college uh, soon. and uh, But you're going to be faced with these mundane tasks. But the process of growing up is a process, and it's not easy, and we don't always want to adult every day. How many of you woke up Sometime last week, it didn't feel like adulting. Raise your hand, right? Going to work, doing the job, changing the diapers. Uh, I was just with my grandchildren this weekend. We had a wonderful time. But adulting involves a lot of stinky tasks, doesn't it? It's really not easy. I want to show you a couple of memes. Some of you said, well, what is a meme? It's, it's a picture with a message and words on it uh, about adulting. So the first one we're going to put up for you is this. I, and then you, if you can't see the image, it's a little bit dark. There's this blanket fort there. And uh, how many of you have been in a blanket fort with your kids or grandkids? That's so much fun. I've decided that no, I no longer want to be an adult. If anyone needs me, I will be in my blanket fort coloring. True story. This weekend, I was in one. (laughs) It wasn't actually a blanket fort. Nowadays, they got them easier where it's not such a mess for mamas. These little pop-up tents, and they're just like this big around. I was surprised I could fit in one. (laughs) Me and two of my grandkids were in one, and I stayed in there for a long time just with the phone put away, hanging out with my grandkids, having tea in that little pretend teacup, and just having so much fun with them. But I was thinking to myself, because I knew about this meme for today, I thought, that's me right now. It feels so good to just not be adulting at the moment. Here's another one for you, another meme for you. <laughs> Little girl, this is for you mothers especially, but I think we can all relate to it. I officially resigned from adulthood. Decisions will be made using the eeny, meeny, mighty, mo method. And arguments will be settled by sticking out my tongue. I'll be at recess if you need me. <laughs> some of you have been on recess for a long time, right? You've been taking a break, and we understand that. Adulting is not easy, but there comes a time when all of us have to grow up. And I find that many 20, 30, 40, 50, 60-somethings, all of us, there's areas in our life where we haven't grown up yet. So this series is about growing up. And so we might say it like this, I'm down with growing up. I'm down with growing up. I'm good with growing up. I understand that even though it's not going to be fun all the time, I'm down with it. I'm good with growing up. Let's look at a couple of verses, and the second one will be our theme verse for this whole series. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20 says this. Brothers and sisters, do not be children in your thinking. Rather be infants in evil. I love that. Be innocent. In other words, be innocent. Don't you wish you were more naive than you were? Uh, Those of us that are older, I I wish that there's some things in my life that I'd never seen or experienced. Be innocent in evil, but in thinking, be adults. One key part of adulting is that we have to change the way that we think about life and about things. And then our key, our key verse is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, for this whole series. When I was a child, this is the love chapter. Many of you know 1 Corinthians chapter 13. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. Now, there's some childish ways that we don't want to get rid of, right? Jesus said that unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. A little child is trusting. I can take my grandkids and throw them up like six feet in the air. And they're not afraid because they trust me. And children are trusting. Children enjoy life. Children laugh unless there's something radically wrong. And maybe that's a mountain for you. Maybe you've got a child with something really wrong. And that's that's a mountain you need to take before God. But there's some things about children that we we do want to emulate. We want to be trusting. We want to be naive and evil. We don't want to be prone to and accustomed to evil. We want to be trusting. We want to be naive. We want to be... Uh, Innocent in our lives, we want to laugh. Some of you spent a long time. Since you had a good laugh, since you really had a good gut-busting laugh, and we need that. We, there's some areas that we need to be like children, but in general, we need to know that all of us need to adult better. So that's what the series is about. So in this series. There's going to be, uh, in this adulting series, there's going to be six building blocks. I thought we'd use the an analogy of the building block like a child. Well, six building blocks for growing up. No matter who you are, no matter whether you're a mother or not, whether you're a father or not, whether you're married or single, it doesn't matter. All of these building blocks apply to each one of your lives. And so that's what this series is about. We're going to look at character today, priorities next week, how we use our time and how we use our opportunities. We're going to look at purpose. We're going to look at balance. That one's about balancing work and rest. If we we favor one or the other too much, we become out of balance. We're going to be talking about that in week four. Then generosity. Growing up becomes more about other people than about ourselves, not just amassing things to ourselves, but learning to share our toys with other people. Generosity. And then finally, Leadership on Father's Day. So we're going to talk about those six things. And I hope you'll be with us every week. Uh, they will be online, but there's nothing like just being here. So today, week one, we want to talk about character. And the so first thing I want you to write down about character is this, if you would please. I will not focus on worldly image. Now we're, we're going to preach this out just a little bit. If you understand, I will not focus on worldly image. Let's start with material possessions. We know that most people just, instead of enjoying life, a lot of people have to work really hard to pay for so many things. And this image of worldly things and this, this sort of false assessment that we have of what's important in life is that the more we get, the happy, happier we'll be. Well, that's a false sense of security. So, materialism and having the best and the biggest and the most, and always having to have something new, something shiny. Now we're, we gave you something shiny this morning. We'll come back to that in a little bit, but it's a value. So, materialism, it, you know, and having the idea that I've just got to have more, more, more. The Bible says, learn to be content, right? So, I'm not going to be focused on the worldly image of having to worry about what people think I, I should be driving or where I should be living or what community I should be in or where my degree is from. All of those things, material possessions. And then external beauty, external beauty. Now, we're going to read a passage in a minute that talks about priorities about that. But the, the big idea is this. Our image, our external beauty, is far less important than what we are like on the inside. I want to uh, give a caveat with that though is this, however we look, we want to look with our image, with our presentation of our outward beauty, we want to look in such a way when people look at us that it's not about us, it doesn't focus on any particular parts of our body or whatever, particularly if there is a part, it should be your face. There should be a glowing about you that comes from the inside and the outside. Okay, there's stuff you might want to do to it, but that's not really the most important part. Jesus said to some people, religious people in his day, you make pretty the outside of the cup, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. He compared a person who's only concerned about external beauty to a person uh, like a dead a grave. On the outside, they paint it, and now in, in today's vernacular here in America, we put headstones and markers, and my mom and dad are just going through all that purchasing all those things. And that's a, that's a kind of a macabre necessity. It's a, a dark kind of necessity in the, the life that we live. But it's like what's inside of that grave is just going to be bones. Okay. And so if we focus on external beauty and on image, then we're going to miss the main point of life. So We don't want to overdress in such an opulent way that people, all of a sudden we walk by and it's all about us and like people need to bow down. But on the other hand, on the other side of that equation, we don't want to be dowdy either. We don't want to look so sloppy and so unkempt and so untidy in such a way that it draws attention to us in a negative way. Because whose image are we supposed to be reflecting? Jesus, right? So although the outward image is not what's most important, it's important that we don't become a distraction either on the opulent side or on the dowdy and unkempt side where people look at us and say, well, that person just don't care at all about how they look. But external beauty is not what it's all about. How about this? How about social media perceptions, right? Everybody sees your highlight reel on social media, right? Right? They, they only see the real you. We, we've got a friend we're in our hometown, and every time she posts a picture on social media, she photoshops her face but not her friend's. <laughs> Some of you got that friend, right? I mean, there's never a wrinkle, there's never a dark circle under the eyes for her pictures, but everybody else, they look pretty common, right? Social media, you know, we can put... You know, we got to make sure if we're going to post a picture on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or any of those things, uh, we got to make sure that the image is just right, that the Bible's placed just right, and the cup of coffee's just right, and my image is just perfect. How we present ourselves on social media sometimes becomes way too important than being real. And uh, I, I know some people, some people in this room, recently have posted pictures of themselves uh, on uh, on social media without makeup. And I say, look, I just want to be real. I just want to be real with you. I want you. To, I want to dialogue with you. I want to talk to you about being real. And so for a Christian, we really have to ask ourselves, what's the motive for the way that we look? How, why do we dress the way we dress? Why do we post the way that we post? Why do we have the things that we have? If it's all about worldly image, we, our focus is wrong. So our first main idea is I will not focus. It doesn't mean you're not going to do anything about it. But it's not my focus. I will not focus on worldly image. So a question we can ask ourselves is this. Here's an important one. Do you work more on the outside, on the image part of your life, than you do on the inside? Even physical fitness. Look, that's important. And i got some things I need to do there. But what is your motive for that? And do you work on that physical body but neglect the spiritual side of things? Let's look at a passage of scripture that talks about this kind of thing. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. What are you working on most? The outside or the inside? The image or the character? 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4 says this. Do not let your adorning be external. Only the outside. The braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart, the inside beauty. And with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Now, here's, here's something you need to know. He does not say in that passage that you can't braid your hair that you can't look pretty, that you can't take care of yourself, that you can't fix yourself up, that you can't wear nice clothes that present you decent. But he says that that's not the focus. The focus, if your focus is the outside and you're doing nothing about the inside, you're missing the main part. So this morning, whether you're a mother or not, or a single person or a married person or a young person or an older person, everybody in this room, or male or female, we all have to ask ourselves the question. Are we working on the outside image more than the inside character? Now, I need three young ladies to volunteer. Can I get three hands? One, two. I need one more. One more. One young lady. One young, Come on up, girls. Come on, okay, over here, Come on, Allie. Come on up here. All right, I've got something in my hand that is of some value, okay, I'm going to move this out of the way, come on up girls, right here in the middle, because you're much prettier than I am, and I've got something I bought at a gym shop, I'm going to take it out of the bag, and let you look at it, it's kind of blink, got a little bling bling to it, right, now this, this has some value, and it's, I can say it's, it's a form of gold, can you hold it and look at it, and just pass it down, touch it, look at it, kind of sparkly, kind of shiny, If you drop it, then you bought it. You, you break it, you bought it. Okay. All right. Allie, what you think? Oh, you're just way too smart. Okay. Now, I'm gonna, here's the a, here's a exercise. If you want this, whoever guesses the closest to the actual value, sounds like price is right, the actual retail value, whoever guesses the closest to the actual value of this piece of this type of gold, you can have it. All right. Can you guess? Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. All right. We got twenty dollars. You, you, mathematicians, keep up with it. Scott. I'll probably forget by the end. What have we got? Five bucks. Five bucks. Twenty dollars. Five bucks. Oh, like okay. You got to pick a specific woman. Okay. Come on. Five. <laughs> five? Yeah. She said five. Oh, so okay. you got to go higher or lower. Higher. Lower seven dollars five dollars twenty dollars it goes to you all right now the actual value that, what did you say it was Allie? pyrite is fool's gold it's shiny it's glitzy it's beautiful but it's a hard stone in fact dustin suggested it might maybe we take it. <laughs> thank you vanna <laughs> Doesn't suggest we might take a hammer and just try to break it up. But you couldn't. It's hard. Like gold is malleable. It's pliable. It's soft. This is hard. Do you know that people have killed people for truckloads of this? They've shipped truckloads from different places in the world. Uh, shiploads of this stuff have been shipped to places thinking it was gold. And it was actually just really, really hard, bling, blingy stone. All right. Thank you, girls. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Give them a hand. All right. Give it get up for the girls. All right, so we established that that piece of pyrite, that piece of fool's gold, has some value. The external, there's some value. People are going to look at you. People are going to size you up. And you can't live with what their impressions of you are and and live for that because it'll tear you up. It'll destroy you. But it is important how we present ourselves, how we look because we're representing Christ. But compared to the real gold, it's pyrite. It's the external it's not really that valuable. So image, we're going to give you this definition of image. Image is what you appear to be in the light. A lot of people killed for this in the old days before they understood so what fool's goal was because they thought it was something more. It was blingy. It was shiny. It looked special. It was pretty. But it really didn't have much value. And if you only focus on the external in your life, whether you're male or female, young, old, doesn't matter then you're missing what is really valuable. Your image has value, but compared to your character, there's a big difference in value. So character is what you are in the dark. Image is what you appear to be in the light. When people look at you, you come to church on Sunday and they look at you, oh, you dress nice, you did your hair nice, you look great. All that stuff is fine. But you and I both know who've been in relationships. If you're older and you've been in a relationship, maybe in and out of relationships, maybe relationships that failed, you realize that outward beauty can fade fast. It can change. A person who used to be beautiful, on the outside, they get older. Things happen to their bodies. Things happen to their skin. And they don't look the same as they used to. But the great news is, though the outward man's perishing, the inward man can be renewed day by day. Amen? So what's important, what's really important in the big scheme of things is our character. Character is what you are in the dark. By comparison, that piece of fool's gold, I didn't weigh it. I wish I had had him weighed it. I bought it at the, the gym shop there up there by Mystery Hill. Yesterday on my way back, I stopped in and got some of that. that I think we should take a, a field trip as a church there someday and pan for gold. I don't know what we'll come up with. Probably not much. Probably some pyrite. But I paid 75 cents for that. Now, maybe it weighs a few ounces, maybe a couple ounces or so. But do you know the value of true gold is, Brian looked it up for me this morning, $1,314.50 an ounce. I have a friend who has a silver bar, a bar of silver in his uh, safety deposit box. He told me, I forget what it was, it was like maybe worth two or $3,000, a couple grand. Okay, but do you know a bar of gold, like if, you know, the Brinks truck and all those things in Fort Knox, a bar of gold, what would you estimate what one bar of gold would be? The value. Somebody say it out loud. Here's what I heard. All right, $512,680. Wouldn't you like to have a few bars of that? That would be so fun, wouldn't it? I don't think I'd keep it in my safety deposit box very long. I'd put it on bills as far as it went. $512,000, half a million dollars. Fool's gold or the real gold. That's the difference between just image and character. So Proverbs chapter 31. If you have your Bibles, let's go there. If you have your smartphone, go there. Uh, We want to look at Proverbs 31, which is about a virtuous woman. Now, before you guys check out, before anybody checks out in any of these messages, Some of the messages are aimed specifically at groups of people. Like today is Mother's Day, and we're honoring mothers. And this passage talks about a woman. But every message has application for everybody. And so does Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31, the very last chapter of the book of Proverbs. And all throughout it, it's been given advice to men. Now, here's some advice from a, a king's mother... To him for what the woman should look like that he's gonna marry. You know, you women who have sons and you women who have daughters, you know, you would love to make a job description that, that you're the future suitors for these people would meet, right? Wouldn't that be awesome if you could do that and you could enforce that? Well, in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 1, it says, The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. So this is a, God, a teaching of a woman. To her son, she said, "In the first part, you can read it later. In the first part of chapter 31 of Proverbs, she says basically, don't hang around loose women and stay out of bars. Stop, don't drink. It's just going to destroy you." He's giving this this advice to the king. Some people think Lemuel might have been Samuel. I mean, I mean Solomon. We don't know for sure who Lemuel was. We don't have a description of him further than that. John MacArthur thinks it probably was Solomon, but we don't know. But this is a letter from Mama. So to the women who would date my boy, okay? And I think you're going to be happy with the description that we find here. So whether you're a woman who has children that want to get married, whether you're a woman who's already married and you want to ascribe to godly character, whether whether you're a man, these characteristics of a godly person apply to you as well. Godly character is universal for all ages and all sexes. All right, so it describes a godly woman, it's written to a man about what kind of woman to look for. So here's the main point. We said before, I will not focus on worldly image. Now we're we're talking about what we will focus on. I will pursue godly character. Would you write that down? Our focus is not worldly image. Our pursuit is godly character. So we're going to read through the character of this woman That the, the job description, the character description for a mama for her son, which applies to all of us. Proverbs 31, verse 10 says this An excellent wife who can find she is far more precious than jewels. Now, what it does not say here, it doesn't say that this is impossible. It doesn't say that this is a standard so high that it can't be reached. But it is a very high standard. And that the woman who is like this, whether it's for your son or whether it's you as a person or whether you're a man ascribing to these kinds of virtues in your life and deep down in who you really are, it all applies to you. And it says, who can find this person? But when you find them, it's like panning for gold. It's like finding a precious gem, a piece of gold or a precious gem. It's precious So this is a high but not an impossible goal. Really, like the New Testament example was, the men are to treat their wives, for example, like fine china. They're valuable. They're to take care of them. They're to treasure them. So this is the kind of person that we're describing, whether male or female. Verse 11. The heart of her husband trusts in her, he will have no lack of gain. He does him, she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. So this person of character, here's a woman, but it could be anybody, is a person who's trustworthy. You say, you know, I've, I've trusted somebody before and I've, I've been really hurt. I've been really wounded. I'm sorry about that. I don't think there's a person in this room who hasn't been wounded by someone who hurt them or who violated their trust. But a person who's of character is a person when they say something, they're going to do it. When they set out and, and set a goal, they try their best to follow through with it. This is a person who is a person of character, a person who's trustworthy, a person who brings gain to their home. What is it? What positive value, young people? What value are you bringing to your home life? And the person brings good and not harm. The attitude that you wake up with every morning that did you portray at home, are you doing harm or are you doing good through that? Look at verse 13. She seeks wool and flax. There's a lot about craftiness and sewing and knitting and those kind of things, particularly in the uh, agricultural setting that this was written, written in, but it applies to all of us, the being working with our hands and willingly works willingly with her hands. She is like the ships of the merchants that brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. Verse 16, she considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hands. She plants a vineyard. So here's a person who's vigilant, who's vigilant, who's working hard. They're creative. They're productive. Now, let's bring it to to our society today. So a lot of times the women do the grocery shop. I mean, not all the time. Men might do it. But a person of character is a person who looks for the bargains everywhere. Right? So you might go to Costco you know, because you want to get big bulky items. You know, go to Costco and you're going to find the toilet paper there and you're going to find stuff for cheap. You've got three flow nases there for, for what you can get one flow nays for down the road, right? You're going to go to Costco for the big stuff. And what I go to Costco for is the freebies, right? I like to go in the middle of the day when they're handing out all this free stuff, all right? So a person of character is a person who's looking out for their family and going for the bargains. Uh, you might go to Aldi's for inexpensive produce. I'm thankful that we have an Aldi's in town now. They got great prices. With some of you shoppers in the family, you go from one place to the other looking for special deals. You might go to Trader Joe's. Now you have to go to Winston to go to Trader Joe's. You're gonna get, they got great coffee. They got good decaf. No, I don't, I don't work for Trader Joe's in the off time. But you might go there for something like that. For Walmart, I go to Walmart for the entertainment value. (laughs) No, we we do go to Walmart often, but it is very entertaining as well. So a person of character is a person who's looking after their family, male, female, young, old doesn't matter, and they're trying to find everything that they need for their family trying to find the best bargains and be the best stewards of what they have with everything they have. Now, verse 17. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. That's the idea of, of uh, weaving and knitting and sewing, all those crafty kind of things that they make. So here's a woman with a strong back, is a way we might say it. She works hard. She works alongside with her man. She works together. She works w- at home. She works out in the field. She works wherever she needs to. She works in the yard. She's a, a woman with a strong back. And here, The women that I know of that fit this description and the men as well, but for a woman particularly in this setting, I, I like to call them a velvet-covered brick. On the outside, they're soft and they're nice and they're, they're kind and they're gentle, but their character is a brick. They're solid, they're strong, they're hard workers, they're vigilant, they're taking care of their families. What about you men, you women, all of you? Could you be called a velvet-covered brick on the outside? You have a demeanor that is kind and gentle and, and works with people, but you're strong, you're a person of fortitude, you're vigilant. Verse 20, she opens her hands to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. This is a person who's generous and compassionate, generous We're going to talk about that in, I think, week four. And compassionate. A person who sees the needs of other people and leaves margin in their lives to help people. If you've got so many bills in your life that you don't have time to help people, you need to get rid of some stuff. If every time all your check comes in and it all goes out to bills and you don't have money to give to God, you don't have money to give to the church, you don't have money to give to people, you don't have money to give to the needy around you, friend, you have no margin in your life and you're not doing what God's called you to do. is to share and spread the love with other people. So you need to look at that, see what you need to do about that. This is a person who worked with OCC boxes throughout the year. This wife, my wife's, This week, my wife said, "Hey, bring me home four OCC boxes because we're packing uh, the boys' boxes this year together in December, and we're collecting stuff all years for them. All year for them. But the girls' boxes, you're to pack at home and get stuff. And Brittany provides a list every every month for us to work on things. My wife's already working on this kind of things. A person of character who leaves margin in their lives." For those who are less fortunate than themselves. Look at verse 21. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. In in other words, her family is warm and well clothed and neat. She takes care of them. She makes sure they're not going to freeze. And The husband, of course, working together with the husband and so forth as a provider. They're working together to make sure their family is warm and well cared for and taken care of and dressed neatly. Not opulently, not prudishly, but neatly. Look at verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. He's successful because she's supportive. The saying is behind every good man is a strong woman. All right, and the same is true. Behind every strong woman should be a good man. If That is if you're married. If not, you, you don't have to have that in your life. But the idea is that we're working together to strengthen and fortify each other. He's successful, she's successful because their mate is supportive. They're not a nag. They're not a nagging person. They never criticize their mate in public. Man, I wish, even if we could practice this on social media, taking pot shots at people, even people within your own families. Uh, it's just not wise. The person of character, it doesn't criticize in public and shows respect to one another. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. In other words, she's, pro- she's productive He's productive. They're productive. A person of character is productive. They're using their chronos and their kairos well. We're going to talk about that next week. How we use our time and how we use our opportunity. A godly person uses both for the kingdom of God and for the good of their family. They're productive. They produce with their time and they produce in the opportunities that they're given. They're not afraid of the future because they use their time wisely and that they are prepared verse 26 she opens her mouth with wisdom I love this now we're getting even deeper into the character of a person she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue this person is a person who teaches not only with their lips do as I say but with their life do as I do this is a person of character, teaches by example and with their lips and always with kindness. They're not a gossip. On social media, they, they do that which will promote the kingdom of God and they refrain from that which will either elevate themselves or put somebody else down. They're only concerned about the glory of God and the good of others. They're not a gossip. They're not rude. They don't spread things that harm people's reputation. Verse 27 she looks well to the ways of her household, does not eat the bread of idleness. This person uses opportunities for good and doesn't waste too much time swiping up. You know, I go to uh, family things, and I'm, I want to have a family conference because uh, some of uh, the, the mates of my children and some of my children, when you get together, the, per- the tendency nowadays is only to be doing this the whole time, Right? You're talking every now and then. There's a word that comes out, but it just drives me crazy. Look, I came to be with you. Stay off of those things. You know, swiping up, swiping left, swiping right. You know, looking at things and engaging with people that you have nothing to do with and not talking to the people right in front of you. Folks, this is a problem. We got more friends on social media. Will you friend me? I don't even know you. Will you be my friend on Facebook? You know, I got a couple thousand friends on Facebook. You know what? Most of them don't know me, don't care about me. They don't see into me. I don't see into them. So we have to be careful that we're not wasting our time surfing so much on the Internet and missing the opportunities of the waves that God puts right in front of us with relationships. So we use opportunities and don't waste time too much. Verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her, many women have done excellently but you should pass them on. Now, this is the ideal. I think, I think mothers especially need to hear this today, but I think fathers need to hear it too. Your children necessarily won't necessarily... This isn't a promise. This is saying, look... You do the right things. You try the best you can. You be good. And and thank you for being the parents that you are. Look, we're all struggling. I struggle every day. I think, did I do this wrong? Did I do that wrong? And we struggle as parents. But I want to say to you, thank you, parents and husbands and wives and people and individuals for being the people of character that God's called you to be. And it says here that her children and her husband rise up and call her blessed. But it doesn't happen all the time, does it? You've got to realize every child of yours and that husband of yours and that wife of yours and that friend of yours and that person that you're dating, they're not necessarily all godly people. They may be purely self-absorbed. and We've all either been there or we've known somebody in our family who's all about themselves and they never thank you. Kids, you need to thank your parents. You need to thank them all the time for the things that they do for you. The Bible says a godly family is a family that appreciates each other and praises each other and thanks each other. It doesn't always happen, but boy, what a blessing it is when it does, isn't it? When my kids were in college, when the, when the phone rang, I was always thinking dollars, right? Oh, so I was thinking dollars. And in fact, when I was at Liberty University, I remember some students would write home and say, Remember, keep Lynchburg green. Send me some cash, you know? But it was wonderful to get a a, a phone call or letter some of you don't even know what a letter is it's kind of like email but before they had email stuff that you actually write with a pencil and paper it was so great to hear from my kids and they're not asking for anything didn't happen that often but every now and then they would just call and say hey i just called to tell you i love you by the way keep lynchburg green but you know a person of character is a person who honors those who are caring for them. And a person of character is a person who should be honored by them and the glory going to God, but the honor to the people. Listen, parents, if you've got a child like all of us have had or do have right now who's off the rails somewhere, here's something my wife reminded me of this week. She says, you got to say that. God is the perfect father And yet, even his kids go astray. Amen? Listen, pray them back. Do everything you can. But don't beat yourself up. Don't put yourself in the grave worrying about what you did wrong. Just get up on your feet and do the best you can and honor God. And remember that even God's children go astray. And keep praying for them. Don't ever give up. Don't ever just throw your hands to the wind and say, I'm giving up. I'm throwing them out to the dogs. No, you keep praying for them. But realize... God can do a work in their heart. Now, verse 30. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gate. Now, this is the deepest of the depths of character. The beginning of wisdom, Solomon said, is the fear of God. Here's a woman who realizes that the external, the, the image that we portray is not nearly as important as the character of the person that we are. I have a mirror here that my wife wanted to have made. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zap you all with it. Have I annoyed anybody yet? Okay, where's Brian McDavid? I want to get him good. Brian, where are you, Brian. Oh, Brian I think he's busy doing something anyway listen uh, we were in South Africa and my wife was studying Proverbs 31 and, and by the way if sorry I'm still zapping some of you alright I'm going to tilt it up now listen I married a beautiful woman and I got I to confess it was partly because she was beautiful okay I'm not going to pretend to be this spiritual pastor That she, she was a knockout she was drop dead gorgeous but you know what was really most attractive to me about her was she was godly I knew her family. I knew her growing up. She was faithful to church. She was faithful. She went to Bible college. She, did, she wasn't perfect. She was a woman of character. and So she started f- meditating on this. And this is her favorite mirror. And we had um, sandblasted around the perimeter a couple times around. Proverbs 31.30. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Isn't that special? So every time my wife looks in this mirror, and she does, look, she likes, she, likes, she likes Ulta. She likes makeup and stuff, and she wears some of that stuff, but the beauty of my wife is far deeper than just external beauty. It's, it's fearing and honoring God with, with your life. So women, I gave you, we gave you a mirror. If you would take those out right now, I want you, I want you to open those up right now. Some of you are going to hear package opening, packages opening up. If, if you didn't get one yet, get one on the way out. But open up the package. Open up the thing. I've, I've got one here for me. It's a little blingy for me. I don't know if I take this to work every day. I think the guys are going to laugh at me. So we didn't give them to the guys. It's only for the ladies and girls, everybody. You don't have to be a mother. And you know, I don't even know if I can open it. Oh, here we go. Okay, so I want you to look into this, to this mirror, and I want you... As you're looking in the mirror, I want you to remember Proverbs thirty-one, thirty: Favor is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. And you might look in this mirror and like me, man, the older I get, I don't like looking in the mirror. I don't like having my picture taken. Uh, Look, our images are going to fail. And some of you may be more beautiful now than you were even as a child. For some of us, it's long gone. I, I meet people in college. I saw this girl in college that I traveled with and did ministry with and I was coming up behind her and she turned around and she saw me and she goes, Dennis Chapman, thank God for Facebook. She wouldn't have even known who I was, okay? But here's the deal. You might like what you see in the mirror or you might nod, you might be kind of pleased, you might be a little displeased and you need to look in the mirror and you need to check yourself out. Like we said, the image is important. But when you look in the mirror, always remember. Now take this mirror with you everywhere. And remember, number one, God loves me. I'm precious to God, whether I'm a mother or not. I'm precious to God. He loves me. He sees beneath the surface. And he says that I'm beautiful. And now I want my character. I'm gonna work on this every day. I'm gonna work on this every day. But more than that, I'm gonna look at my character. And I'm this okay, everybody look up here. I'm gonna see if I can get zap you with this mirror now. All right, so what I've just done is hypnotized you, okay? Just kidding, sort of. No, but every time you open a mirror, every time you look at a mirror from now on, ladies and men, I want you to remember the message of what's really important. You know, somebody said, beauty's only skin deep, but ugly's to the bone. That's really true of character. That's not really true of physical beauty. But of character, when when we're ugly, when we're mean and nasty and spiteful and unforgiving and full of hate and full of bitterness and full of unforgiveness, boy, it's to the bone, it's ugly. So every time you look in these mirror, when you go forth from today, remember that God sees me and I'm special in his sight. And maybe I didn't measure up as a parent to all that I could be, but thank God that he sees me and he knows me and he knows that. And I am from this day forward when I look into a mirror, I'm going to remember what's really important, and that is character. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, and we close. Look at this verse. It's a really important verse. You need to mark it carefully. Because if you're like me and you read a passage like this, you're like, oh, dude, I've got so far to go. I've got so far to go. I'm not like that yet, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. And God's working on me. But here's what 2 Corinthians three eighteen gives us a wonderful promise. It says this. And all of us, that's men, women, boys, girls, young people, old people, people that are beautiful on the outside, people that are average on the outside, every person, all of us, that is, who know Jesus. The the context here is a person who knows Christ. All of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as through a reflected in a mirror seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror or being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. Listen. Though the outward man perish, though we get older and we get wrinkles and we get crow's feet and we lose our hair and everything changes about our bodies, everything, the Bible says, inside your character can get more and more beautiful every year. As reflected in the mirror as we look at Christ. So as the next step this week would you make this commitment with me? As a next step, I ask God to develop my character into the image of Jesus Christ. Now that we got image and character together. We said that image is not nearly as important as character. But here's the deal. If, if your character on the inside is what it ought to be or it's becoming what it ought to be, then your, your image on the outside, they should be joining together and coming into focus. That what you see what you appear to be in the daylight is the same that you are at night when you're alone by yourself because your character is developing a true image of Christ would you commit with me that you will let God do that and not go in for fool's goal outward beauty is really fool's goal it's going to go away it's not as valuable as it appears but godly character that's what it's all about would you pray with me every head bowed and every eye closed. I I believe there's some people this morning who have been beat up by life and the image has been way too important to you and you've forgotten about character. And I want you to tell God that, God, please shift my thinking from what's external to that which is internal and important and eternal. God, shift my thinking. But some of you have been hurt by people and you need to let that go this morning. You look into the perfect mirror of God's word and God says, you need to forgive those who've hurt you and wronged you. And because as you forgive, God forgives you. Some of you need to forgive something, somebody this morning. Some of you need to stop beating yourself up about the parent that you think you have been or not been or the mate that you have been or have not been and start looking at developing the character inside of you to make you what you should be in the future. You need to present that to God. Some of you have never been born again by the Spirit of God, and He's never changed you on the inside. Today is the day of salvation. Today, you can trust Jesus to come into your life. And if that's you, would you pray something like this? Dear God, I thank you that you can change me from the inside out. I pray that you would come into my life and be my Savior. I believe that Jesus died and was buried and rose again for me. And today, I ask Jesus to come into my life and transform me from the inside out into the image of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray for Christians today that, Lord, that they would find that it is well with their soul inside. Lord, the character is being transformed by the power of Christ. Help us to trust you today with what we'll be glad that you've done in our lives for all of eternity, to look deeply into the mirror of your word and to let your spirit transform us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing?